Well, good morning and welcome to Lovejoy. Uh, our call to worship this morning is a spoken call to worship, so I invite you to stand this morning as we read our call to worship. This is out of the Book of Common Prayer. You are God. You are the Lord. You are the Eternal Father. All creation worships. To, to you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, cherubim and seraphim, sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. You, Christ, are the King of glory, the eternal Son of the Father. When you became man to set us free, you did not shun the virgin's womb. You overcame the sting of death. And open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. You are seated at God's right hand in glory. Come then, Lord, and help your people, bought with the price of your own blood. Amen. So grace to you and peace from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. As we have gathered this morning, we'll take just a moment to look at the announcements in your bulletin. We will not be having choir tonight. Uh, the Methodist men will meet uh, June 2nd. That's this Thursday at 630. Uh, the United Methodist women's uh, meeting for June is the picnic. Uh, and you'll see there the note on the bulletin about please uh, put your name down and the numbers that are coming. Uh, so we know how many to plan for for that picnic, and that'll be on June 12th at 4 o'clock. Uh, we do have a nominations and leadership development meeting uh, on June 5th at 4, so that's next Sunday at 4. Uh, and you'll see there the very last thing, worship needs you to read scripture, liturgy, offer, or read prayers, or to participate in any other way in the service. Um, please uh, see me, and we will find a place where you can help. Are there any other announcements this morning? All right, well, let us open with prayer that is in, uh, you'll see in our bulletins this morning. Oh God, who created us in love, create us new in love as we worship you. Oh Jesus Christ, who redeemed this world in love, reclaim our hearts as we worship you. O Holy Spirit, who moves this world toward its God-appointed end, move within us as we worship you. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is number 593, Here I Am, Lord. Uh, and we'll be singing this to the music uh, that has been recorded um, for the hymnal this morning. So let us sing this morning number 593, Here I Am, Lord.
As we continue this morning, if you'll turn to page 890 in your bulletin, or in your bulletin, in your hymnal this morning. Uh, this is our prayer of confession, assurance, and pardon this morning. So let us pray together this prayer of confession, number 890. Let us pray. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. You may be seated. As we continue this morning, we come now to the time that we lift up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with and for one another uh, this morning. We had uh, Russell Fuller added this morning. We had uh, the Bobby Russell family. Uh, we were also uh, informed that James Hurley passed away. Uh, so please be uh, in prayer for all of those. Um, we uh, have been told we can remove Brenda. She has gone through the testing. We're awaiting results. We will continue to pray, even though you're not on there, that these results will come out very well for you in that. Uh, and Fred also said this morning that uh, we can take him off. Uh, he is doing well um, in recovering and, and, and all of that. So we can. it is always a blessing to be able to take names off because people are doing a lot better. Uh, take Wayne off. All right. We'll take Wayne off too. He's got his all his things done. So we are thankful for that. Uh, any others this morning to add or take off? Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer. So let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we have come this day. This day that is set apart to worship. Set apart to come from the outside world into a place that is holy. And Lord, as we have come this morning, we have come with frustration and anger and grief we have come seeking guidance seeking peace seeking comfort and Lord as we have come together to gather in your name we know that your presence is here with us Lord we carry the heavy yoke of burden throughout the entire week so, Lord, this day, let us remove our yoke that we carry and pick up the yoke of Christ. The yoke that is so much lighter. Lord, we are thankful that you carry our yoke. Lord God, as we have come to this place, we have all these names before us. We are thankful for the ones that we can remove this day and Lord we are thankful for the good reports that come with those removals Lord we ask that you bring comfort to those who are grieving that you bring peace to households that need peace that you bring healing to all of those who need healing for you are the great physician, you are the Alpha and the Omega. Lord, let us, let us feel your presence, feel your peace, feel your comfort. And Lord, as we gather this week, Lord, we pray for those 
There's 22 that are dead. We pray for the 19 families who have lost children. And these are the ones we've just heard about. Lord, we pray that you be with all the families who have lost loved ones to some kind of violence. Lord, it is hard. But Lord, we are thankful you are with us. So this day, Lord, as we have come here, Lord, we come together as the siblings in Christ, as the children of God. Lord, grant us peace. Grant us wisdom. Grant us mercy. And Lord, today we add our voices to the voices that have prayed this, your prayer over the centuries, Lord, that are praying this prayer today, that have already prayed or that will be praying it later. Today we join in that unending chorus of saints and sinners in praying the prayer that you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we continue this morning, our first scripture reading will come from the Psalms. This will be our Psalter reading found on 816 of your hymnal. It actually starts on 817 because we do not do the musical responses. But this is Psalm 97. Psalm 97 found on 817. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Clouds and thick darkness surround the Lord. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. Fire goes before the Lord and burns up his adversaries round about. The Lord's lightning illumines the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim God's righteousness, and all the peoples behold God's glory. All worshipers of images are put to shame, who make their boast in worthless idols. All gods bow down before the Lord. Zion hears and is glad, and the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments, O God. For you, O Lord, are most high over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. The Lord loves those who hate evil. Preserves the lives of his faithful and delivers them from the hand of the wicked. Light dawns for the righteous and joy for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, and give thanks to God's holy name. Amen. We will now stand and sing number 95. Praise God from whom all blessings flow as our offering is brought forward. So let us stand and sing. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above me and the host. Praise Father Generous God, you have given us life, a place to live in, and people to live with. Open our eyes to each other and to all our brothers and sisters, especially the poor, the oppressed, the alienated. Make us humble enough to help and comfort them so that your love and justice and peace may come to them. 
we make bold to consecrate ourselves and our gifts to you and to the service of others through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from Acts. Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 34, and this will also be the text uh, for the message this morning. So Acts 16, 16 through 34. Hear now what Acts has to say. One day, when we were on the way to the place for prayer, we met a slave woman. She had a spirit that enabled her to predict the future. She made a lot of money for her owners through fortune-telling. She began following Paul and us, shouting, These people are servants of the Most High God. They are proclaiming a way of salvation to you. She did this for many days. This annoyed Paul so much that he finally turned and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave her. It left her at that very moment. Her owners realized that he, that he finally... Her owners realized that their hope for making money was gone. They grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the officials in the city center. Where her owners approached the legal authorities, they said, These people are causing an uproar in our city. They are Jews who promote customs that we Romans can't accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attacks against Paul and Silas, so the authorities ordered that they be stripped of their clothes and beaten with a rod. When Paul and Silas had been severely beaten, the authorities threw them into the prison and ordered the jailer to secure them with great care. When he received these instructions, he threw them into the innermost cell and secured their feet in shackles and stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. All at once, there was such a violent earthquake that it shook the prison's foundations. The doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer awoke and saw the open doors of the prison, he thought the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul shouted loudly, Don't harm yourself! We're all here. The jailer called for some lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He led them outside and asked, Honorable masters, what must I do to be rescued? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your entire household. They spoke the Lord's word to him and everyone else in his house. Right then, in the middle of the night, the jailer welcomed them and washed their wounds. He and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his home and gave them a meal. He was overjoyed because he and everyone in his household had come to believe in God. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from the gospel according to John. Chapter 17, verses 20 through 26. John 17, 20 through 26. Let's now hear what the gospel of John has to say. I'm not praying only for them, but also for those who believe in me because of their word. I pray they will be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. I pray that they also will be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. I'm giving them the glory that you gave me so that they can be one just as we are one. I'm in them and you are in me so that they will be made perfectly one. Then the world will know that you sent me and that you have loved them just as you loved me. Father, I went to those you gave me to be with me where I am. Then they can see my glory, which you gave me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, even the world didn't know you, but I've known you, and these believers know that you sent me. I've made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that your love for me will be in them and I myself will be in them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, now as we listen for your word 
in the message. We are thankful for your word that has been in the scriptures. We are thankful for your word that is in the songs that we have sung and in the prayers that we have prayed. Lord, this morning, may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I will tell you, this has been the hardest sermon that I've ever sat down to write. I didn't know where to begin. Today was supposed to be the last day that we talked about Revelation, finishing up our series on uh, beginning with the end in mind. And that last piece of Revelation is talking about Christ's invitation to come and the coming of Jesus. And I was on track up until Wednesday. When the report started flooding in of children dying in a schoolhouse, of teachers, Wednesday changed everything, and I struggled. Where do I go, God? How do I deal with this? And I was confused. I was angry. I was anxious. I was worried, and I was grieving for those losses. And as more information kept pouring in, those feelings just kept growing. And then I asked, what is the outcry? What is the outcry that we have because of what has happened? And I googled school shootings. In this country alone, we've had 27 already in 2022. 27. And what I have seen in the days after this, I have seen people picking sides. I have seen politicians posturing, and the NRA is still holding a convention. I've seen Christians calling for gun control and mental health reform and for the securing of our schools. And I can tell you, I am righteously angry. I'm angry that more children are dead because of the inactions of certain people. I'm angry that innocent children are dying because people are told to be scared of the government and to stand up for their Second Amendment rights. Today and this week, just from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and to today, I almost could feel Jesus' anger when he flipped tables, when he saw what the money changers and those vermin were doing in God's house. Sadly, just two weeks ago, we had another mass shooting in a grocery store, and then we had another one that was done in a place of worship. But I say now, Enough is enough, no more, that it is time to stop bickering and blaming the other side. It is time for the unity of the Christian faith to stand up and say, that is enough, and to actually take action, to lift up our thoughts and prayers to the family, but then to take action and say, no more. And I came to that realization when I read what our bishop, Leonard Fairley, put out this week. I shared it on Facebook, but I also want to read it this morning. He began by quoting Jeremiah 9.1. Oh, that my head were a spring of water, and my eyes a fountain of tears, so that I might weep day and night for the slain of my poor people. He said, hearts once again struggle for words that will not come easily. Grief brought about another senseless act of violence at the hands of a teenager with guns has once again settled heavenly in our spirit, like a voice heard in Ramah, 
mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Jeremiah 31, 15. He says, will the tears be enough? Will the prayers be enough? Will statements and media soundbites be enough? Will the countless social media posts be enough? Will time once again slip away while we debate what must be done, attempting to embrace ourselves for the next tragedy? Enough rhetoric already, he says. And he quotes Psalm 42.3, My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Will the silence of children's voices once vibrant with so much life ahead of them or brown bodies lying lifeless in grocery store aisles or the taking of lives in houses of worship be enough? Will these tragedies linger long enough in our collective tears to remove the fear of what it might cost to follow our words with actions? The price of our lack of will has already cost too much. We must bear this hurt collectively it is all of ours. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? Jeremiah 8, 22. What if the great physician, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, our peace in the midst of the storm, has already diagnosed the sickness and written the prescription, but we refuse to take the medicine? What if what awaits is our courage to do whatever is necessary to transform the question mark of our current laments of why into the exclamation point of life and hope strong enough to lead us into necessary change? And he ends in bold letters, no more, enough is enough. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Paul and Silas were just going around and telling people about Jesus. And this slave woman who was possessed by a spirit as a fortune teller was running around behind them, calling out. And finally, Paul had had enough. And he turned to this woman and drove out the spirit that was within her. But the people who owned this woman, who were making money off of her, said, uh-uh, you just took away our revenue. So they brought him before the legal officials up on charges of causing an uproar, of preaching things that go against Roman citizenship. Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, but they were also Jews, bringing about and telling people about Jesus. They were beaten and then thrown into this innermost cell, all because Paul turned to a woman who had been suffering from a possessed spirit, and he said, get out, leave her alone. No more, that is enough. So how much is enough for us? How much money is enough? When we look at records, we can see where politicians get their money. I saw one this week that a North Carolina senator was number two, number two on the list. Receiving the most money from the NRA. And I have no problem with the NRA. I have no problem with politicians having their money. I have a problem with politicians who don't listen to their people. And to quote a line from the musical Hamilton, no one else was in the room where it happened. We were not in the room where these children were killed. We were not in the rooms where we have lobbyists and all these people giving money to keep things the way they want it, where they're always going to have profit coming in, just like those who held this woman as a slave because she was a fortune teller. 
she got nothing from it. She got a little bit of food. Who knows where she actually slept. But how many lives have been destroyed by inaction? And how many more will we have to endure? I'm surprised you can't see a line in this carpet. Because this week I walked from front to back, praying, listening, singing songs, trying to argue with God, talking with God, what am I to say to your people? Paul and Silas were in this dark dungeon and they were praying and singing hymns. So as I prayed, as I listened, as I sang songs, two songs came to mind. Two songs played over the speakers in this room and maybe just stop and think for a minute. The first one was The Sound of Silence that is originally performed by Simon and Garfunkel, written by Paul Simon, but I found a version by Disturbed, kind of a hard rock kind of band, but they do just a very interesting version of that song. And the second song that I came across was Bleed the Same by Mandiza. So this sound of silence that was written by Paul Simon, you know, of Simon and Garfunkel, began in the dark bathroom. He has told over and over that that's where he loved to go when he was writing songs. Because the tile gave him a little bit of echo. He would turn the faucet on just to have some of that just background noise. And it would give him a place to think. A place of darkness. And in an introduction to this song in June of 1966, Garfunkel is said to sum up the meaning of the song as the inability of people to communicate with each other. Not particularly intentionally, but especially emotionally. So what, we, what you see around you are people unable to love each other. Garfunkel said that in 1966. And the stanza, the verse that spoke the most to me this week was the third one. And here's what it says. And in the naked light I saw 10,000 people, maybe more, People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People writing songs that voices never shared. And no one dared disturb the sound of silence. Paul and Silas were in the dark, praying and singing, and God was listening. God heard their prayers. And he shook the jail. He shook the foundations of the prison that they were in. Doors were open. Chains were broken. There was a perfect opportunity for all of these prisoners to leave and run and go away and be found another day. Yet no one left. No one ran out. Paul and Silas knew what would have happened to the guard and his family if even one prisoner was missing. That's why he shouted out to the guard, don't kill yourself, we're all here. We're all here. And the jailer came in and saw. Paul and Silas embraced where they were at and continued to praise God in their time of darkness. And this time was used to the glory of God because that very night, that jailer and his household were all baptized into Christ, into the faith. The whole household was now a part of the family. And the second song that I really hit home was Believe the Same. And I can tell you it had me praising God up and down these aisles. 
And the song begins, Woke up today, another headline, another innocent life is taken in the name of hatred so hard to take. And if we think that it's all good, then we're mistaken, because my heart is breaking. Woke up today, another headline, another innocent life is taken. That hit here in my heart, because that's exactly what we dealt with this week. But see, the song didn't just stop there with how it went. It it really just started hitting hard as it went on. And I, I invite you to, to find this song on YouTube or somewhere and listen to it. But this next part really hit home. Are you left or you're right? Pointing fingers, taking sides. When are we going to realize we all bleed the same? We're more beautiful when we come together. We all bleed the same. So tell me why, tell me why we're divided. If we're going to fight, let's fight for each other. If we're going to shout, let love be the cry. We all bleed the same. So tell me why. Tell me why we're divided. Tell me who are we to judge someone by the kind of clothes they're wearing or the color of their skin. Are you black? Are you white? Aren't we all the same inside? Father, open our eyes to see. We all are beloved children of God. Everyone in this room, everyone in this community, everyone in this nation, everyone in this world are beloved children of God. We are siblings in Christ. And we are told that when one hurts, we all hurt. When one is oppressed, we all are oppressed. When one suffers injustice, we all suffer injustice together. Because we stand together. We don't stand behind them. We don't stand in front of them. We stand beside them. So like Paul... Maybe it's time for us to say enough. Enough. We're done. We're tired of seeing the senseless violence. We're tired of seeing siblings shot down in the places that they come to worship. We're tired of seeing children die and teachers being told that they could do more. And they're already doing so much. At our baptism, we took vows to resist evil, injustice, oppression, in whatever form it takes. The jailer's household was baptized that night because they saw the power of God. And heard the good news of Christ. But this morning, we're going to reaffirm our baptism. We haven't done this in a long, long time. But it's always good to remember to whom we belong and whose we are. So we're going to remember that this morning, and we're going to remember that the power, remember the power that is given to each of us because of that. So to end the sermon this morning, I want to read to you the last stanza of Bleed the Same, which is a prayer. It says, So, Father God, I pray that our families will come together right now and seek your face. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our incredible land. In the name of the only Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you to turn to number 33 in your hymnals this morning.
We'll be kind of jumping around a little bit, so you'll have to kind of look and follow as we go. We'll do number one on 33, and then we'll turn over to 34. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, the universal church, I ask us here today, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and the power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and put your whole trust in His grace and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in this world? Do you as Christ's body, the church, reaffirm your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? Do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons, each other, now before us in your care? God's help, we will claim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be your disciples to walk in the way that leads to life. So let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Christ Jesus? I believe in Christ Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Tell of God's mercy every day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare his works to the nations. For his glory among all people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and of those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. I praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, 
who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. The water is our remembrance. And I add to that little glass red beads to represent the blood the blood of Christ the spirit so I'm going to invite you here in just a few minutes to come up to touch the waters of baptism and remember your baptism I also invite you to take a rock to remember remember the sacrifice and to remember that this is just an outward sign of what Christ does within us so come come and remember your baptism been carrying around mine for years in my pocket along with a couple other stones that have meant a lot to my journey and my faith and my belief may the stone that you now have be a reminder be a reminder of what we have been given which is life life thanks be to God let us do number 16 on 38 and we'll do this in a way that incorporates all of us here 
This is the uh, commendation and the welcome. So members of the household of God, I commend you to one another to love and to, to your love and care. So do you in the power, do all in your power to increase each other's faith, to confirm each other's hope, and to perfect each other in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given us. And we welcome uh, in Christian love. As members together, we, you, in the body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish us and strengthen us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may live in grace and peace. Our song of invitation is number 723. Shall we gather at the river? So let us stand and let us sing. Shall we gather at the river?
as we depart this day, receive this benediction. Sometimes it happens. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Let us sing shalom to you. Shalom to you.